track My best friend's in a gun rack I'm a low life I owe everybody money I think racist jokes are funny I'm a low life I got a dirty mind A gutter mouth I'm making time I'm going out with your wife Cause I'm a low What's up, motherfuckers? Welcome to a- another episode of the Low Life Motherfucking Chop Podcast. Welcome to your motherfucking Fridays. We got a great episode for you guys tonight with Andrew, aka the Flying Tit, or T1T, however you want to say it. The Tit. We will get into that interview and so much more in just one motherfucking second. But first, let's kick this shit off the way we always do with those motherfucking sponsors. First up, we've got Chicken Fried Choppers. Chicken Fried Rick himself, the man behind the whole game. Chopshit.com or at Chicken Fried Choppers on Instagram. The motherfucking home. That's right. He's got all the stickers, pins, patches, hoodies, and goodies all under one roof. Low life gear. That's the place to get your t-shirts. Old Man Motors. Harley motherfucking Davidson t-shirts. The Tongue Magazine. That's it. Hey, we're getting good at this now. Hit the jerk fucking customs. All the shit. Head on over to chopshit.com. Grab yourself some gear from one of the coolest dudes in the game. And make sure you check him out at motherfucking Cheap Thrills in Jersey in one month. February 1st in Jersey. What is it? Ashbury Park? Asbury Park. Yep. Asbury Park. I'll be there. That's your boy's fucking birthday weekend. Um, So I'll be down there. Stepchild will be in there. I think pretty much all the homies are going. Uh, Chicken Rick will have low life merch at his motherfucking booth. Got a brand new design coming out. Check it out on our fucking Instagram page. And come fucking chop it up at Cheap Thrills, you cunts. (laughs) Up next, we got... So... It's going to be a twofer, because when that transition, that tricky part of the month, when we're doing the motherfucking giveaway tonight. That's right, get fucking Someone's tight. getting a fucking custom sissy bar. So, the first giveaway sponsor, this will be the last one, because uh, we're switching to a new one. So, it is Ironhead Supply Co., the fucking homie, making the sickest motherfucking sissy bars known to man. Uh, he's actually working on mine as we speak. As I'm saying this, the madman is in the fucking shop, twisting up the steel, and just doing some Van Gogh shit. <laughs> it's fucking gorgeous. So, check out Ironhead Supplyco on Instagram. <laughs> I'm fucking hyped up, dude. I just see these pictures. Stoked. Um, yeah, so check him out on fucking Instagram. You better be following him when we go live. Because if you're not, God, you're going to hate yourself. Oh, you're going to be pissed. Uh, For the next giveaway sponsor, this is brand new. Hold on, do that one at the end. Okay, go ahead. Next up, (laughs) we got ChopCult.com. You know who they are. They've been doing this shit forever. Long time. The motherfucking forums, the classifieds, the constant support of every fucking event that goes on. The the Brolodex. The Brolodex. The Greasy Dozen. All kinds (laughs) of cool shit. ChopColt.com, head on over there, get fucking familiar. Lisa is a longtime supporter, and we appreciate the shit out of that. 
So, now we can get into next month's giveaway this sponsor. Month. This month's giveaway sponsor. Well, we're doing the giveaway. It's confusing. Well, technically. Okay. <laughs> technically after this episode. For the month of January. There you go. This is better. We are doing... You guys may have heard this name before. Motherfucking Wes from Custom Destruction hit us up and was like, Hey, motherfuckers. I'm ready to give away another fucking helmet. Now, oh, shit. I know a lot of you guys were upset, crying, you little liberal snowflake fucking tears. Last time <laughs> you didn't win. <laughs> so now's your fucking chance. All you gotta do is be a fucking... Hold on, before I get into that. So, Wes said, listen, last time we gave away a custom helmet. This time, they're giving away a custom, custom fucking helmet. Uh, what does he mean? He means Wes... Is gonna let you pick a fucking helmet that you want again. That's not all. <laughs> There's more. After you pick your fucking helmet, he's gonna make it for you and then ship it out to Frontiersman Studio. Oh shit. Out in motherfucking Canada. Did I say Frontiersman? Yeah. Alright, I just wanna make sure I said the right shit. Uh, he's out in Alberta, Canada, and that motherfucker. Is going to paint your lid for you. So dope. So you have a custom painted, custom made lid that these two dudes are giving away at the end of fucking January. This one's going to be hard for you guys. Because some of you motherfuckers can't manage to follow one person. (laughs) (laughs) So, listen clear. Open your fucking ears. To win this, you have to go to Custom Destruction on Instagram. Follow your boy, Wes. Coming at you with the dopest fucking helmets. I got one, so I know. And go follow Frontiersman underscore studio on Instagram. I'm telling you right now, if we pick this winner next week, I mean next month, (laughs) and you're only following one of the two, you're still not getting it. Follow both of them, show some fucking love, and somebody is about to win a dope helmet. Love it. All right. So what are they going to do to win that helmet? They got to (laughs) get on over to patreon.com slash lowlifechopperpodcast, and then go ahead and click on giveaway level supporter, 10 bucks a month. That's all it takes to get entered in to win a helmet easily worth 10 times that. This is, honestly, every month, there's some cool shit coming your way. Cool-ass helmets, sissy bars, jockey shifters, tons of dope shit from cool people making shit by hand. That's the kind of thing that we love to see. If you want to get in on it, like I said, Low Life Chopper, excuse me, patreon.com slash Low Life Chopper Podcast. If you guys that are new listening to this podcast, you may not know the shit that we've given away in the past. There has not been a low-budget giveaway since we started this. Yeah. Every single time you're winning something that costs a couple hundred bucks and is handmade by one of the fine motherfuckers in the chopper community. That's right. Hitting at your taillights, too. They were mm-hmm. in there. We did the custom helmet. We did the custom jockey shift. We did the sissy bar. 
We've done all kinds of shit. Everything is top-notch shit made from people just like you. Just crushing it in their fucking garage, making solid products. So, like we've said many of time, we do not profit any money from this show. Going two years strong, Greece and I have never put one dollar in our pocket. Have never bought beer with any of the donation money. Nothing. Everything is out of our own pockets. All this money gets returned to you guys in the show we're putting on this summer. And it helps bring more traffic to these small businesses that are doing the giveaway. So... Support the fucking culture. And with that, we're rolling to fucking shoutouts. Good deal. You got it? Who you got for shoutouts here? Um, Let me get this pulled up. So I'm going to do a shoutout to Frontiersman Studio because he had like a, like a little bit of background on him. Yep. So I just want to throw that out real quick. Yeah. Um, been riding motorcycles 13 years. Um... Been drawing and painting as long as he can remember. He likes doing like uh, tattoo art, motorcycle art, like that whole like culture. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, he says if anyone is looking to get a rad custom one of a kind helmet, tank, fenders, or bike show posters, he does like the artwork for that kind of shit. Hit him up. Just send a DM on Instagram and he'll take care of you. He sent a bunch of pictures of stuff that he's drawn. The dude's a fucking beast. Yeah, he's really, got some really, really cool fucking stuff. good. Like it looks like straight like tattoo flash type shit. So if you guys are looking to get any kind of posters like you said, hit him up and uh when are you guys are seriously getting a dope fucking helmet. Him and I were chatting about welders the other day too. Oh shit. It's gonna be getting into the fucking TIG game. I didn't even see that. Uh next shout out goes to Jerry over at eight twelve, was giving me some advice uh before I built that bar stool the other day. Hit him up to ask him about some, you know, thickness of materials and what he was running and didn't want to make shit that was too heavy but wanted to be sturdy too. So, appreciate you, Jerry. Always coming through with the information. He's made a bunch of cool shit. I think he just pumped out a whole bar top or something like that just the other day. Always Don't making you. cool shit. Uh, my next one. This dude hit me up on Facebook. Uh Facebook? Somebody was asking about... Does anybody ride hardtail choppers, like, far? So I just posted a picture of my bike. Said I've done a couple hundred mile trips and blah, blah, blah. And he noticed the bike. His name is Michael Taylor. He says, the stepchild is one of my all-time favorite choppers. Saw it at the Hard Time show last June, but didn't have time to stop and shoot the shit. Listen, this hurts my soul when I hear this. (laughs) So many times. How many people have written in and be like, hey, I've seen you guys at the show, but... Didn't have time. Like, I didn't want to bother you guys. Right. Like, guys, we're not paying to vent so you don't come over. We're buying those spots so you can come fucking hang out with us. Just come over. That's it. So, shout out to Michael Taylor. I appreciate you reaching out, homie. And I'll see you next year. (laughs) It's a light week for me, man. I I don't got any more shout outs this week. Um, I got a huge fucking shout out to Ironhead Supply Co. Um, like I was saying in the sponsor section, he is absolutely fucking crushing it with the sissy bar that he's doing for me. Um, he hit me up pretty much right as, as soon as I got into Greasy Dozen to congratulate me and asked me if I would let him do the sissy bar, which I was 100% down with because he does great work. 
Um, he's been sending me a couple pictures, and you guys are gonna dig this shit. But nobody <laughs> will fucking see these pictures until the greasy dozen. There you go. So shout out Top Secret Ironhead Flacco. Oh shit! Fuck. Motherfucker. Catastrophic fucking failure. You got more shout outs? Um. I guess we'll talk about the Greasy Dozen. Shout out to all the 13 builders. Yeah. Including fucking not myself, so we'll say the other 12 builders. Um, <laughs> we got a group chat, and all these guys are just absolutely fucking crushing it, bringing their A game. Um, like we talked about last week, the group chat is just like the most helpful fucking thing. Like all these guys are super humble. Anybody can put a question in there, and at least one person will get back to you. So... Shout out to all those guys, and uh, can't wait to fucking get up with you guys at the Greasy Dozen. Fuck yeah. All right. So with that being said, I think we are about ready to roll into these motherfucking kicks in the dick. Kick in the dick. Boot in the motherfucking box. Kick in the dick. Kick in the dick or a boot in the box. Tired of your boss yelling at you because he's got a jacked up truck, a tiny dick, a wife he hates, two kids that don't listen to him? Let everybody know how you really fucking feel with this week's daily dose of hate. Kicking the dick, boot in the box. And we're live. What is up, you fucking dirty, dried up cunts? It's that time again. (laughs) (laughs) It is that time again. Where you get to come to your favorite motherfucking podcast and bitch about who's fucking your life up. So, we are live right now on fucking Instagram. And we got our first kick in the dick. Coming straight in from the homie, Tony No Brah. No Brah. <laughs> Just kicking myself in the dick for closing my shop during the season. Your tattoo shop? Closing my shop down during season. What does that mean? What season? I don't even know what season he's talking about. Listen, guys, if you're going to get drunk, just do it after you write it. My goodness. We're going to have to have him uh, jump back in and explain what's going on later. In the meantime, we got Trey Kaczynski in the fucking building. What up, bud? Kicking the fucking cock box to my employer for giving us two days off for New Year's. And then when we went into work tonight, they told us all to leave because we're all laid off. Oh, shit. Fuck. Dude. That's fucked up. That's some fucked up shit. That fucking blows. I'm sorry to hear that, man. Uh, Next, we got motherfucking Shop Monkey Creations. Right, in and says, I want to send a kick in the dick to the piece of shit fucker who owned my bike before me with his janky ass rockers on the Springer. But I'm going to one piece at a time this bitch. Till it shines. That's the only way to do it. That's the only way you can do it when building a sprint, because that shit is expensive. We got Pedraic's Lawn Care says, is that a Boston accent? Uh, fucking A, dude. <laughs> Just a fucking little bit. I think that people are not able to see. I can't see anything moving. I just see your face in a loading screen. I don't know what's going on. Fuck it. Really? Yeah. That's not what I'm showing on camera. Oh, he said, Tony Nobra says it's snowbird season. The tourists are here. Oh. I see now. Is it still frozen? Yeah, on mine it is at least. What the fuck? 
Yeah, it's weird. But I'm still getting all the people writing in. So, pretty good for at least that part. We got TJ Fitzy in here. Says, kicking the dick to the tow truck driver on Route 3 South on Wednesday at 10.14 a.m. Getting specific. Driving slow and puffing butts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You got this K to spades next month? The tattoo one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, K to spades. I tattooed a lady this week. That smelt like spit and egg salad? Ooh, specific. What kind of, like, dip spit? Who knows? Is my face still frozen? On mine it is. Guys, is my face stuck on this bitch? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Astroman1985 says, kicking the dick to the holidays. Good riddance. Time for choppers. Fucking thank God. Amen to that bullshit. Seriously, though. You got Clayton's? Clayton Cotton writes in and says, kick in the beaver syrup sack to Peef... What is that? Pefferlaw. What does that mean? That's the that's the town, and then Ontario is the, the county or the province, whatever. Oh. Whatever they call states in Canada. I didn't know that. Uh, Ontario for being too damn far away from New Hampshire. Don't know how the hell to spell that? Spell New Hampshire? <laughs> 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 Looks like you crushed it, bud. Well, except for you forgot the P. Uh, spell that, but I need to get my paws on this tank. Um, yes, you do. Yeah, I will. Uh, I don't know if you've messaged Fat Man or not, but I'll uh, try to get a hold of him for you so you can ship that motherfucker out. Yeah, buddy, that was a fun one too. We got to make more of those. Mm. Biker underscore bread, big fan of carbs, right here. Says kicking the dick to myself for changing my plans on this rigid front end for the sixth time. Ordering 12 feet of new one-inch solid chromoly bar to replace the bar I tried getting fancy with. God. I have to imagine that 12 feet of solid chromoly is <laughs> not cheap. 300 bucks? It cannot be cheap. That's got to be so fucking pricey. Not trying to put your business out there. I'm just thinking aloud here. Fuck, dude. Good on you for sticking with it and wanting to try again. Uh, next one comes in from Lunatic Yankee. He says, kicking the dick and punch to the poon to anyone that leaves their car at the gas pumps to go into the store on a busy morning heading to work. Dude, that shit. Listen, when motherfuckers park their car at the diesel pump and then go into the store to fucking buy like road snacks and shit, <laughs> I can fucking cut your throat and watch you die slowly on the ground. That shit drives me mental. What if they're paying with cash? At the diesel pump? At any pump. With a Prius? I mean, I never carry cash, but I, if Prius is Listen, cars don't need to be at the diesel pump. The diesel pump, they got no business. <laughs> That's what I'm there. saying. Unless you got a VW and you really just fucking sticking to the diesel life. <laughs> we got uh, Littlefoot Petrie says, kicking the dick to myself for getting all my wisdom teeth cut out. I don't think they cut them out. They out but getting all my wisdom teeth cut out two days before Christmas. On the plus side, being medicated is a major help when it comes to dealing with family during the holidays. <laughs> I hear you, bud. That fucking blows. 
Oh, we got FSA instructor says you guys need to feature quads rods. Listen, I've already fucking put this out to quads rods. This motherfucker is a very busy man. This guy is always doing something. Um, we're actually trying to plan a garage night with uh, quads rods. So maybe we can get an episode fucking banged out then. That'd be dope. Uh, they're saying that, that the live feed's playing fine for them, so I don't know what the fuck's going on. Oh, perfect. We got Shot Monkey Creations. This is not a kick in the dick, but we'll put it out there anyway. Anybody got the details on the best way to do a twisted front mast like Indian Larry used to? If so, hit your boy up. That'd be a tricky one. Things you hit up, uh... Dude, we're talking to tonight. Hit up fucking... Yeah, he probably wouldn't be a bad dude to hit up. Flying tit, man. Yeah, and if you need some uh, expertise on Twisted Metal, Ironhead Supplyco, we'll fucking go. tell you the way to do it. Twist it up real good. I don't got any other ones. Everybody's being slow today. So. Lunatic Yankee says, who the fuck buys gas with cash anymore? Uh, I agree. That would be me. I buy everything cash. Because I'm a fucking man. That's what men do. <laughs> they block the fucking gas pump. <laughs> I keep my fucking cash in my sock. <laughs> oh my goodness. Someone please talk to this man. I don't know why I'm not getting that one. Tyler Petrie says, they do cut them out. They put me to sleep and all them bitches were impacted. Oh, so I guess, yeah, maybe. I mean, like, right? If they're broken off the gum line, you're going to have to cut them out. Maybe. I don't even know what impacted means, but... I think that means they're, like, really fucking shoved in there. I'm not a dentist, but... (laughs) Uh, Biker Bread (laughs) says, A wide-swung tow missile to the roly-polies to myself for missing this podcast as often as I do. I enjoy you guys. (laughs) Well, we appreciate you, homie. Glad to have you with us. Uh, We got... You want this kind of chubby Jesus? Um, if you got a different one, read whoever you got next, because I might, might it might not have come through. Uh, biker underscore Brad. Said, I hey. just read that. <laughs> About what? A wide swung? No. Oh, another one. He said, "Hey, bud, I can help you with that twisted mass. Your friendly local blacksmith here to help. So hit up biker underscore Brad, and he'll fucking uh, give you some pointers, I guess. Fuck yeah." Uh, I got kinda chubby Jesus says speaking of gas stations kicking the dick to the local gas station for putting gas in the diesel tank we're busy at work now fuck (laughs) Uh, the name kills me dude not cool Nate Bev (laughs) fucking awesome says kicking the dick to excuses it's 2020 motherfuckers get up get out get on that grind Hey, That's it. I need to hear that, man. I've been making so many excuses lately. <laughs> Tyler Petrie says, it's me <coughs> sitting sideways under the skin. Hashtag low life dental podcast. <laughs> <laughs> How did the tooth get sideways? That's some fucking crazy shit. I don't know, man. Are you from Canada? I was just going to ask. It must be a Canadian thing. Like that sounds side- like some French shit. Sideways teeth, eh? <laughs> Do you have a kick in the dick this week? (coughs) You got one? I got to think on it. 
Um, I'm kicking myself in the dick this week uh, for dragging my fucking feet with this greasy dozen build. Um, I guess I'm not going to blame it all on myself. This whole holiday bullshit has really had me tied up. Had like fucking 75 Christmas parties to go to. So that happens when your family's dysfunctional and everybody gets divorces. Um, so, yeah. Fucking kicking myself in the dick. Hopefully next week <laughs> uh, I'll be in a much better place. There you go. My kick in the dick. I remembered. I forgot this one last last time we did kicks in the dick. Kick in the dick to Safe Light Auto Glass. This, this is the exception to this is our boy, uh, I notice Ian. you still don't have a back window. <laughs> yeah. I've had... So, this is a half shout-out, half kick in the dick. Kick in the dick to Safe Light Auto Glass because they've been out three times to replace the back glass on my Tacoma. Twice, came with the wrong glass. Third time, came out with the right glass only to tell me that it's aftermarket and it doesn't fit. And then they said, do you still want me to put it in? And I'm like, didn't you, didn't you just say that it doesn't fit and that it's going to leak? And he's like, yeah. But, like, we could still put it in. And I'm like, fucking why? <laughs> so, so that I could not get it replaced again? This is, like, the dumbest shit I ever heard. And he goes, oh, okay, so, like, do you want me to just cancel the appointment? And I'm like, no. I want you to get the right fucking glass. And two weeks later, I'm still waiting on the right glass. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Blowing it big time. I called today. They're still waiting on the OEM one. Is this your, through your insurance company? Yeah. I they uh, You can't go with a different glass place? I don't know. I already have the claim open with fucking Safe Light, so... God. No, I gotta wait for them to blow it. But, shout out to Gorilla Tape. I've had Gorilla Tape on this window for like four weeks straight. Through all the fucking snowstorms we've gotten, all the rain... Not one fucking drop has leaked through this fucking Gorilla Tape. No shit. It's amazing. Yeah. Huh. I'm starting to think that's going to be my permanent window now. <laughs> since Safe Flight doesn't like do it. their jobs anymore. Uh, Brain Victim writes in and says, Kicking the dick to my coworker for quitting with a five-day notice. And now I get to cover my job and the position as well. Because nobody else is trained for it. That sucks, dude. That's a shitty move. That does suck. We got Ryan X. Burke. Says, I want to send a flying Chuck Norris kick to my own dick, to my sporty. I don't want to work on you anymore. I just want to start building my shovel head. You <laughs> 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 see E on the 50? <laughs> e on the 50? The homie coming in strong. Says I'd kick Fat Man in the dick, but I'd lose my foot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh my god. God. We got Evo Dipshit says also drop kicking my own dick for not quitting my job yet. I guess climbing 300 feet in winter is the life for me. What do you do? Fucking professional mountain climber. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be doing that shit. Oh, flying tits has 100 mile an hour tape. That's right. I don't know if that's what he, if that's gorilla tape or if that's a different thing. But um, we got sleazy rider six 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 says blunt axe blow to the micro dick of Scomo, the Australian prime minister. Thank you for including that, by the way. Yeah. Other people would just say Scomo and be fucking. I thought that was like a person on Pocahontas. 
for being the most <laughs> useless cunt while we are fucking burning. Hashtag little dick gang. It's hashtag tiny dick yeah, gang. Yeah, you gotta do tiny right. dick gang, bro. You guys are still on fire? What the fuck? California fires don't even last that long. California sucks. <laughs> <laughs> we got Evo scum fuck. God. Says, Jesus. <laughs> Aggressive. Evo dipshit and Evo scum fuck both back to back. Kicking the fuck stick to companies that take months to send parts when their location is literally three hours away. Are we talking about Safe Light Auto Glass? <laughs> Motherfuckers. You got this one from Astro Man? <laughs> Astro Man 1985, aka fucking Swap Dog, says kicking the dick to E on the 50. All talk. I ain't never seen you kick anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, E on the 50 says you gotta find my dick first. <laughs> Alright, guys. I think that's a good place to start shutting this one down. So, for you guys that have uh, fucking forgotten, before we jump into the fucking interview, uh, it is giveaway time. That's I know right. you guys have been waiting to get that dope-ass custom fucking sissy bar from Ironhead Supply Co. Uh, we're going to do the drawing now. If you were not following this motherfucker, I promise you, you're going to hate your life. This dude is putting out crazy fucking work. Grease is pulling up the numbers right now. Uh, you got that generator set up? I do indeed. All right, we're going to roll over the fucking laptop. Coming in hot. <coughs> so, real quick for you live feed motherfuckers. If you're trying to get into these fucking giveaways, once yes. you have to go to go to whoever is giving away that product that month, like their fucking page. Second... You have to go to patreon.com. Zoom in right up here. Oh, Where is it? Slash low life chopper podcast. This is the spot you got to be. And then what you do is you come over here on the right and you go to giveaway level supporter. You join it up right down in this region and that's it. That is the only thing you have to do to get entered into this giveaway. Super fucking easy. All right. So what we've got in here is number two all the way through number 40. So what we'll do here, we've got two through 40. We'll just hit it a couple of times to get it primed up, and then we'll get ready for the real one. All right. So, when we hit this, this is not the one. Don't get fucking excited, number 30. <laughs> you know how this goes. We do this every month. So, we're going to pick one. Oh, Shopper Fisher, you missed it, bud. We got... Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. The winner of a custom sissy bar from the one and only Ironhead Supply Co. is... Number 33. Let's see who it is. Who do we got for number 33? Ron fucking Murray. Ronnie Lone motherfucking Murray is the winner. Let's see if he's following him. <laughs> is he following? That is the question. He's doing it right now. He's going in there like, oh shit, oh shit. I gotta exit the live feed so I can check this out. All right. 
we got Lone Murray following. He's following. Lone Murray, you are the winner of a custom one-of-a-kind sissy bar from the one, the only, Iron <coughs> Supply Co. So, get in touch with the man. We know you, so we know you can fucking handle this. Reach out, send a message. Congratulations. It's fucking badass. And, sneak peek, for you fucking guys that are paying the fuck attention on the live feed, next month's giveaway is another fucking helmet from Custom Destruction. Your boy Wes hit us up and said he's ready to give away another fucking helmet. It's getting sent out to Canada after he makes your fucking helmet to get hand painted. So you're going to have a custom lid, custom fucking painted, and then it's getting shipped to your ass. So if you're not a follower yet, get over to fucking Patreon and sign up for that giveaway level supporter. See you motherfuckers later. And now let's roll into that motherfucking interview. <laughs> now we're going into the interview. All right, guys. So we are live with Andrew, a.k.a. Flying T1T on Instagram. <laughs> Andrew, welcome to the show, man. What's going on, guys? Just chilling. Another Thursday night in the studio. We are stoked to have you on. We've been doing a little bit of digging through your, your Instagram page here and seeing one of the most unique bikes of all motherfucking time. I think it's the best place to kick things off to talk a little bit about this bike that people will see when they head up, uh, head over to your Instagram page. Tell us a little bit about this 77XS360 you built. Uh, it started out as a joke, kind of basically. It's my first full build in... Uh couple buddies from work or whatever i was building it out of a dude's garage jesse and uh it all started with the handlebars which are made out of log chain he told me i couldn't use his welder to make log chain handlebars and well let's just say i had a key to the garage and snuck in the night and <laughs> pissed him off and his daughter actually caught me and <laughs> she told him that i was out there building handlebars but yeah, it all started out as a joke and then it turned in from one thing to the next just to see what would piss the guys off that got me into bikes. And uh, yeah, everything had a purpose behind it though. That's like the main thing about this bike. Like people see it and they're like, wow, there's a bunch of junk thrown on it. And really it's, there's a purpose behind every single part I've put on it. And it's got so, quite a bit. I mean, the, the first thing I've noticed when looking at it is this front end is is something I've never seen before. Where did you right. build that? Buy that? Where did that thing come from? Uh, the front end. See, I had this. Uh, oh, what happened there? Oh, my kickstand. The whole purpose of the front end was a kickstand. I had a girlfriend on the back, and we went around a corner, and the kickstand caught a a lump in the road on a corner. And it kicked the whole rear end of the bike up out of off the ground, and I was on my front tire steering it with one arm. Well, the, I'm always riding one arm on this bike, the other hand's on the uh, jockey shifter. And that, like, Attaboy. led me to understand I need to get the bike up higher, <laughs> basically. And this was my solution to it. Like, I wanted, the, I wanted to be able to drop it down, and I still wanted my ride height. 
So, like, I never seen anybody with an airbag set up before. Granted, I was not on Instagram or anything like that before any of all this. And this was basically my idea. And, yeah, built it with hand tools. So it's airbags on the front. So you can adjust right. the the height. Correct. I've never so seen I have that either. A gauge on the front of that, and I can uh, control my PSI through that, and then I know where I'm at ride wise. Huh? So is that why you run the alternator? So you can charge no. up a compressor. <laughs> the alternator is a whole other reason behind that. All right, I don't want to jump. I don't want to jump too far forward. I was just wondering how you're like powering a compressor. Well, see, this started out compressor-wise. Uh, my first one was a super small compressor that came out of a semi-air ride seat. They're little 12-volt compressors, and they're easy to pack. So I could hide it, and I had it in this little ammo can. So, like, that was powering it. It had barely any draw off the battery. I didn't have to worry about any of that. And that's, yeah, that's how I was airing it up at that time. Since then, I've switched over to uh, it's a compressor that came off the back of this 32-foot RV that I'd given to me. Holy shit, so where's that thing hidden? The RV? No, the, um... <laughs> <laughs> Where is the compressor now? Is it still in the can? The ammo can? No, no, it sits underneath my seat. Um, if you look at some of the pictures, you'll see uh, there's two white pulleys and then a small black pulley. It's the little 12-volt motor, and then that spins over two compressors. It's a V-twin compressor, basically. No shit. Yeah. Dude, that is so dope. Yeah. So that was a, one of the key things behind that compressor, too, the PSI that it could build versus that little compressor I had. Like, in that front end, a lot of people don't know unless they see it in person like my down tubes that run through the uh, top clamp and bottom clamp those are reserve air tanks so I can fill them up to 100 PSI and then I have valves on the top of them that lock the air in those tubes Holy that's fuck. enough air within those tubes if my compressor were to ever fail I can get my bike off the ground and then also on the tubes there are Schrader valves so once I get the bike off the ground and it's rideable with the 100 PSI, I've tried all different variables or whatever in PSI-wise, get to the gas station, use their uh, air chuck, and fill it up the rest of the way. And then Dude. I have a valve, I lock the air into the airbag, so it cannot escape. That is fucking insane. Yeah. So how low and how high can you go with the front end? Uh, with this new bag that I just put on, I think I'm getting the bottom of the frame that's about four to four and a half inches off the ground mm-hmm. but otherwise you let it out and the frame is on the ground oh so you don't even have a kickstand anymore then no there's no kickstand oh anymore. this just gets let down that is so fucking badass that is so fucking cool so before we even go into some of these other parts I think it, it's probably necessary for us to stop and talk about your background in engineering. Yeah, this because isn't like this some is backyard the, shit. Yeah. When you look, it's so crazy because you look at the bike and it looks like a rat bike and you think like, oh, okay, that's not some revolutionary front end that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> and then you're hearing about it and I'm like, okay, let's take two steps back and understand where you came up with these ideas. And, and do you have a background in this type of thing? No, I I have no schooling besides out of high school. Fuck your high school, build some cool-ass motorcycles. (laughs) I'll tell you what. (laughs) 
I just, like I said, I got in the bikes, uh, it would be six years ago. This summer coming up, uh, we'll be seven years now into the motorcycle whole scene. So, wow. like, everything's still fairly new to me. Like, I don't know all the details in the motorcycle world. I just, I have a mechanical mind, and I love to build shit people have never seen. Yeah. Well, it's definitely evident based on looking at this thing, because that... Just the the way the whole front end is put together is so different. From it almost looks like it's a swing arm holding yeah. the bottom of the girder. You know, it looks like a swing arm facing backwards, attaching to the bottom of the neck. What is that piece? The the piece that's at the bottom of the airbag. Well, okay, so like the whole design of that. Um, if you're familiar with drag vehicles, I dabbled in uh, helping my buddy with this drag truck. And if you know what a four-link uh, suspension is for the rear end of a drag truck yep. car, this is basically a vertical four-link is what I would call it. And the airbag controls the, the four-link. No so there's shit. four positions of uh, pivoting going on. Well, technically actually five because the airbag rotates as well to keep it collapsing properly. But, uh, yeah, that's basically what it is. It's a vertical four-link. And then the airbag controls that that is fucking nuts dude that's yeah, probably it wasn't I'm just even gonna... what I had planned to be honest with you like I had something else envisioned basically like a Springer style front end yeah and I've never messed with airbags until this bike and well I learned the airbag will go wherever the hell it wants unless it's uh, reinforced so, so I only had like three points of pivoting and then I had to put the fourth one in to control it all what did you use for an airbag is that like a, like the Harley airbags or like it's out of something else no the uh, original airbag I paid ten bucks for it was the only airbag that survived uh, a truck fire it came out of a C10 pickup what they use to lower the trucks and cars, you know? Yeah. When they do air riding those. So, it was just a one bag that survived a whole truck fire. Wow. Like, should have never went on the front end of a motorcycle, but it did. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive as fuck, dude. Thanks. <laughs> God. Hey, it's so the, weird, because when I first looked at these pictures, I like, that was not one of the things that jumped out to me. I was like, oh, this is like, some shit that I've never heard of in my life. <laughs> what are the what are the legs made the the legs that are closer to the bike? It looks like the one in, the ones in the front have, looks like it's got a heim joint on both sides, and then the one in the back has like a zerk fitting up at the top, and it looks like a pipe. Is that the one that you said holds the air? Yeah, the tubes that run through your uh, your top clamps. Those are those are the uh, air reservoirs. And are those from uh, a car as well, or th this is? No, those were just cheap pipe. Like, I was not spending a whole lot of money on this because it was strictly prototype. And like right now, I'm looking at it. I have the entire bike torn down because I have to rebuild this front end. Like I said, it was prototype, and I I bought cheap pipe. It was not tube. So like, I hand sanded it down just to get it to fit through my clamps. And uh, while the pivots run through the center of those tubes, right below the lower clamp, and then it has bent from that. I've had the the hind joints that you can see. There's they're all hind joints in the pivoting action, minus the one that's right below the airbag. That's an old uh, 
it's yeah, center stand pivots is what that was. Just junk parts I could find, except for the Himes. I bought uh, chromoly Heim joints. So how are the Himes at the bottom of the air reservoir tube sealed? Because I, they have to hold air, right? Out, they correct. can't leak out the bottom. Yep. So what did I do with that? I'm trying to think, because I didn't have a lathe or a mill back then. That's what makes all of this so ama- amazing is Seriously. the fact that you're doing this with hand tools. We've had people build some really cool stuff on the show, and sometimes they build it and they and they talk about how they built it. And I'm like, well, this is immediately out of my wheelhouse. I could never do that because I don't have these tools. And now I'm hearing about this, and I'm like, this is the coolest fucking thing someone ever built in a garage. <laughs> no, I know what they are. They're, uh, you know what a coupler nut is? I don't. Coupler nuts are basically like your normal nut, except for there's like maybe a stack of four or five of them. It's one big, long nut. Okay. So I welded the end of one of those, well, one for each side. I welded the end closed, and then I sanded down the uh, hex part of it, all the edges, so it slipped within that uh, tube. And then I welded on the bottom of the tube, so that actually sealed it up doing that. So the Heim, it's basically it can bottom out in that uh, coupler nut. Oh my god, dude, that is fucking amazing! What a what an interesting way to to put this all together. Is that so? Yeah. What are you taking it apart for? Does it uh, are you just gonna make it like a, well, a a more finished look to it, or is it you're changing the design as well? I'm changing the design because the Heims, like I said, it was the only thing I could. Uh, I don't know, vision, I suppose, would be the word. Like, that was the only thing I could figure out to, like, get everything to move freely, but yet keep it uh, central, keep the location of the tire, because I had tire walking before in a whole other temporary front end while I was building this. But uh, I want to get away from the Heim joints, because on my trip to Florida, I was going through Atlanta, Georgia, all the way down to Bogos, Georgia, I think it was like a two and a half ride, two and a half hour ride, and my hinds were locked up. Like my front end was not functioning, and with it being hardtail, I had no suspension. So I ended up bending the tubes, the back tubes that run through the clamp. Holy fuck! Yeah, that must have been well, a terrible two and a half hours. Oh, it was fucking painful. <laughs> Fuck. Yes, that that's a that's a story within itself. Just that day. <laughs> so, what are you thinking to correct that to be able to still get that pivot, but not use the Heim joint? Uh, I don't want to give a full giveaway, like what I'm planning on doing that, but it involves bushings and uh, thrust washers or thrust bearings. Okay, I can't wait to see how it turns out, man. That is. Um, it's just so fucking interesting to look at now I, I can't stop looking at the picture and now understanding the mechanism behind it it's it's such a cool such a cool front end I, I literally I don't think I've ever seen it before yeah I don't think I have yeah I was pretty certain that it had never been done before me that was the whole reason I went with that airbag itself i've seen the air shocks on the front they're running them out of uh corvettes and stuff to lower those big baggers and stuff putting them on the ground but i'd never seen an airbag design yeah (laughs) that's fucking wild 
So, also, you've got this external alternator belt on this thing, which right. is absolutely wild. Tell us about that. What is it? What is it there for? And how did you decide where you were going to put it? Well, these bikes, the old XSs, are notorious. This this specific model, the 360 and the 400s. As I found out, the wire routing for the uh, stator, the wires crack and then they no longer charge. And I had rewired that entire stator, and it worked for a little bit. And then it fried the, uh, it would have been the regulator. Within a bunch of research I had done, I found out there was a certain car regulator I could run, and it worked again for a little bit. And then the wires broke again. Something happened within the the three white wires that were coming out. So I was like, fuck this. I'm tired of it. I don't want to mess with it. Chevy small block alternator. I know how to wire the damn things. It's easy. So I pulled off that side case. And again, with hand tools, I won't even lie. I got super lucky making this back aluminum plate that's behind the rotor. So like the pulley on the motor is still the original charging rotor. And uh, I basically took my huge metabol grinder with a cutoff wheel. With the motor running, I took the grinding wheel and just cut into it to get my V-groove for that belt to run on. And then Holy I, fuck, Jesus dude. Christ. <laughs> and then the alternator was another huh, 10 so, alternator. Huh, so there's not a pulley down on the bottom. You just cut the groove so you could run a V-belt? Right. What is it usually? Wow. What is it usually doing down there? Like that was all encased before. Oh, so the alternator that, was just like attached to that yeah. thing, all inside the case. Like the stator windings went around this rotor that I'm using as a pulley now, and that's how it used to charge. It was an oil bath charging rotor. Like the whole charging system was oil bath, and that's why I had to build the block off plate. So there's a seal in the center where the crank comes through. And that's keeping all the oil behind that. Everything's sealed up. Oh, man. Where'd you find a fucking seal for that? Uh, just knew the crank uh, diameter and went off of that. I bought two different size seals just in case I didn't get it right. And the first seal was perfect. It was insane. Like I said, finding the center location on that, it was a complete guess. And it worked. It was crazy. So how does the... So the Chevy small block alternator doesn't overcharge your system? No. See, that style alternator has a built-in regulator rectifier. Yep. Oh, so, so it can. Convert yeah. it over to the DC, and then the regu- uh, regulator monitors the battery. It right. kicks on when the battery needs it. Right, like, like a regular regulator rectifier would you know when you're yep. rolling on the throttle and coming off it's what's keeping the, th- the system from blowing up yep. when you're at peak rpm yep that's fucking insane and it's all built yeah. into that thing say what yeah so, so it's all it's just all built into there so it's basically just there was a smaller version of this attached to that attached to the, the motor down at the bottom there but now it's just a much bigger version Mounted up there with the pulley, right? Yeah, yep. Holy shit, that thing is so fucking cool looking. It was finding the, uh, getting the pulley alignment, that was a big issue. 
and they kept breaking brackets. I had the alternator drop a couple different times. I was about to ask you how it's mounted there. It's like this funny-ass bracket that it sits on, but it it works. So there's something welded to the frame, right? You got a bracket welded to the frame up there? Yeah, and it's got the, uh, it's the old adjuster bracket, so you have your one bolt and then your second bolt, you can turn the alternator to get your, uh, your pulley belt to get the tension of it. Wait, say that one more time? The bracket that's on the top, it has, uh, it's like the uh, arched groove. It's the original bracket. So your one back bolt, you just loosen that up, and then you loosen the other one up, and you can rotate the alternator. Oh, I see. tightens the belt, just like it would on a car. Right, right, right. Yeah, because well, you don't have a... an old car. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because you need to be able to get it on, but it's also got to be so tight that it doesn't slip. Yep. Fuck. Holy shit, man. That thing is wicked cool. And it doesn't hit the tire. It's amazing. No, it, it fit in there perfect. I did have to cut up the alternator, the uh, the back case of it. I had to cut the one bracket off, and I'm using a whole other coal that I don't even know what it's for, but it was threaded, so it ended up working <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you what it was for. If it's threaded, just send it. Yep, thread it and tighten that sucker up. <laughs> well, dude, the cool thing is, like, if you're on the road, like, that's pretty easy to just stop anywhere and get a new one if you need it. Exactly, and I ran into that uh, that alternator that I had. The bearings were bad in it, which before I only had hopped around town on the damn thing, so it didn't matter. It's still charged, but I actually rebuilt that alternator in Badasta when I was with my brother. Now, where did you get the V-belt? Did you just mount it so you could use the V-belt from the Chevy, or did you have to get find a smaller V-belt? Well, it's just... Uh, getting your measurement of your belt, that was the main thing. Run yeah. a string around it and then uh, measure your string. That'll tell you how long. And then your pulleys are your width. Fucking so hell. basically you go with that information and see what uh, belt you can get. That makes sense. And the, yeah. uh, the this brass-looking line coming out of the top of the front end, is this for the air fitting? Yeah. Yep. Is that a hard line or a soft line? I've had brass lines on it for a long time. Is that a hard line or a soft line? That was... They're actually copper. Yeah, it looks like copper. I wasn't sure if this was like a... a twi- I couldn't tell if it was just that or a, a soft line that looked like copper. So this is all rigid. Yeah, yep. And I that put is... the coiling in there to keep the, uh, the vibration from breaking the fittings off. But I ended up steering away from them. I went back to plastic lines since I started riding longer distances with the bike. I had a line failure, and I had my bike fall to the ground. I was only going, I don't know, 12 mile an hour, but still, it was enough to scare a person. That is terrifying, to he- even to hear yeah. about. <laughs> That's why I put that uh, ball valve up on top of the bag, so I can lock the air in the bag. I don't ever have to worry about a line failure. Oh, I see. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, the, the, the difference yeah. of shut being able to shut it off before the line. Yep. It's all steel fittings coming out of the bag, and then you break to that ball valve. So once you air it up, you lock that in. You don't have to worry about it. Do you ever forget to do that? Say that again? Do you ever forget to do that? Like, it seems like a lot of things to remember. Uh, In the beginning, yeah. But with that air pressure gauge up there, like, 
I don't you you can drastically notice if it loses any air because that wheel is getting further away from your bike, so like the handling completely changes. I see. But yeah, in the beginning, I did forget multiple times. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm like, I would. It's kind of like an airplane pilot, I suppose. There's all those certain steps you have to do. You gotta go through the checklist. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like starting up a spaceship. <laughs> That is fucking wild, man. <laughs> so cool. And then the so the shifter is quite the uh, quite the setup too. I see you've got the the clutches on the hand, and I can see yep. all the cables coming up and into there. But the the setup that it actually pivots on is pretty <laughs> uh, pretty intricate there. Yeah, that uh, ex girlfriend she worked at an antique shop, so I was always looking around out there and. The three main parts that came, well, became my shifter, those came from out there. It was a grinder wheel dresser that reflattens your grinding wheel on a bench grinder. That's like the main handle. Okay. It was like a patent number one it said on it. So it was like one of the first original Desmond brand wheel dressers. That's so cool. Yeah, it's just a bunch of antique parts, the double-ended wrench that connects... It runs uh, basically horizontally, and then the other shaft that goes down is a window proper for a basement, like in the old houses. Yep. And then it connects to the uh, the shifter shaft, little coupler that slips on those. Dude, that is so fucking cool. There's just so much going on with this bike. The more I look at it, the more I'm like, oh, what's this? What's that? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot in there. I forget half the stuff on there until I go and tear it apart again. It's like, oh, yeah, I did have that on there, too. <laughs> and I like what you did with that gas cap, too. Is that like a, a like a little Spartan helmet? Yeah. That dude, uh, my buddy Jesse, was building his garage. We called him Agent Orange. <laughs> he lived across the street, and he'd come over with all these knickknacks and stuff. He's like, man, you need to put this on your bike, you know? Super cool little dude, and he brought that Knight's <laughs> helmet over. I'm like, holy fuck, I know exactly what I'm going to do with that. And uh, <laughs> we were out hitting the strip clubs one night, and I lost my fucking gas cap. I was so pissed. So oh, I lost no. that Knight's helmet. We retraced. I was reeking of gas. Oh, it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you find it? No, I was pissed. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that thing was pretty cool. It was like a radiator cap or something. It had a vent in it and everything. It was super cool. Oh, so it was already set up for that purpose, too. Yeah, you know. Wicked cool stuff, man. And then the giant, is that is that a big saddlebag on the back? This this big ammo can? Uh, fuel can? There's the ammo can on the one side. I use that for tool storage. And then there's the big uh, Marine Corps diesel can on the opposite side. I cut that off and then welded a one-inch strap around it so it's like a lid. That is a saddlebag. I put my spare inner tubes in it because with the onboard air, I have an air fitting on the backside underneath my seat, and I carry an air hose. So I can change my tires out, re-air them up on the side of the road without any help with tire spoons that I also keep in that diesel can. <laughs> what the fuck? And I have aired up 
buddy's choppers on the side of the road with that air compressor. Like it has been used. So just that tiny little thing, the tiny little thing under the seat, is enough if the bike is running to to run an air compressor basically to pump up somebody's tire. Yeah, you don't even have to have the bike running. Honestly, it does have some draw, but you don't need the bike running for it. Holy shit! Yeah, That's I got so- I got a couple other valves that are like towards the back side of the gas tank where your crotch would be. And I shut the one off that feeds the airbag, so that redirects the air to that uh, air chuck for that purpose. And is it just always running when it's, even when the, so when the bike is on, it's just constantly running? No. Uh, up on your the throttle, your uh, off and run switch that most bikes have. Yep. I repurposed that to run my air compressor. So oh, when, it's flipped, okay. when it's flipped forward, it's red towards me, so I know it's off. And then flipping the switch, it'll kick the air compressor on. So basically, I air up that front end to the 40 PSI, what I run it at, on my gauge, and then I lock the air and I shut the compressor off. <laughs> it's just like a fucking mobile repair vehicle. Yes, it is. It truly is. And I have successfully jump-started a lady. It was a Ford Explorer with a blown head gasket. I jump-started her Explorer her. on one of my trips. <laughs> <laughs> Dead serious, dude. It was freaking crazy. What the fuck? Yeah, it's blowing antifreeze out the fucking head. And uh, she's like, I just got to get on the interstate. I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Yeah, wow. it's pretty wild. This bike does a lot of hidden, hidden things. <laughs> now, is that because of some something the way that the bike is rigged up with this alternator, or could it, you're saying any bike could do that? No, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't be cranking enough amps out because that alternator is a 63 amp. It's a very large amp. I think most motorcycles, I'm going to take a guess here, are sitting at like 30 amps total. Yeah. And that thing's cranking out 63. <laughs> I'm starting a fucking car. You can put air on the tires, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's that one of the cool nuts. things uh, with the whole bike laying frame. When you let the air out of the bag, I can remove my rear tire or my front tire sitting on the frame, and the bike won't go nowhere. So if I were to blow a tire on the side of the road, I can repair it right there. The bike, you don't need to reposition nothing. It sits perfect. Roll the wheel and throw the axle back through front or rear. Wow. Now, do you have air ride on the seat, too, or no? Uh, that has been a constant battle. I ran a wheelbarrow inner tube because my seat is uh, XS650 front rotors. It was two rotors that I cut up, and you're basically sitting on fucking hardened steel. Jesus and the uh, wheelbarrow inner tube cupped the rotor perfectly. But I kept popping those inner tubes on my trip. So, like, I run an ergonomic pad that you would kneel on or something, and that's what I sit on now. Fuck. Yeah, it's, it's a constant battle trying to figure out what I'm going to do with that. I'd like to throw a mini airbag under it again. Yeah, because that would be fucking... That would be so nice to have an airbag under the seat. Yeah. That's what a lot of people, they look at that bike, the bike and they're like, doesn't that thing ride rough? And honestly, between this bike and my shovel head that has full suspension, this thing rides way more comfortably. 
gnarly uh, tires, don't the way how soft they are, like it's suspension <laughs> within itself. And the front end of that bike, I, I I swear on it, it it absorbs a lot. It's wild. God damn, dude, that is that is some crazy shit <laughs> and some awesome shit. Now, am I seeing this wrong? That is this gas can on the back connected with a pump to feed yeah. into the tank, so it's like a reserve tank. Yes, that's, that was a trial and error thing this year before I ride to California because I'd have to stop. I could get, what was it, 78 miles total out of my main tank. And when I rode to Florida, I would stop every 60 miles. As soon as it hit 60 miles, I was looking for a gas station and refilling that tank because it was quicker to fill my main tank than to unstrap my uh, reserve tank and dump that in there. Right. It was just much faster to stop and get gas and keep the reserve as a reserve. But that RV I had given to me that I stole the air compressor off of also had an external fuel pump. So what do you call them? Maybe basically an auxiliary fuel pump, a little 12-volt pump, and I put that on a toggle switch and with my little lathe, I machine this fitting that goes into the gas cap, still uses the uh, seal of the reserve gas can, and it pumps the fuel from that into the bottom of my main tank. So I don't have to stop to use that fuel. I can hit it on the fly. What? And Damn. It worked. Dude, that's so fucking cool. Yeah. The only bad part about it is now I don't have a reserve tank if I use that. Right, right. Once you hit that, you're committing. Yeah, so I got to really... Well, California will be a test, but... So how hey, far will that bring you? What's that? How far can you go on that setup? Oh, uh, what the heck was that? I think it was 100 and, uh, 150, I think it was. 150 or 160 miles is what I end up getting out of the total. Wow. Yeah, it was a big improvement. No, 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 I take it back. It was 130. It was just over double my... Uh, fuel per the main tank no shit you know but that thing is that, that's such a cool way to do it you literally just got double the tank and you're it's it's off in the back anyway yes so and i don't have to unstrap it to use that fuel like the time saving on that on the side of the road is worth it so worth it yeah, absolutely. That little and that little pump does it all, huh? Yeah, because every sixty miles, you figure you stop for fuel every sixty miles, and there's always a curious mind where this bike is at, and they want to know every detail about it. So you're spending forty five minutes just at a gas stop. Yeah, you gotta limit though. those. That's right. Yeah, when you're trying to actually get some miles, and yeah, I mean, I love meeting new people. But it's like you're repeating the same thing for two weeks. <laughs> you just got to make up the little one-sheeter that you can hand right. out to people with all the key information on there. <laughs> yep, hand it to them. Well, this is what it is. <laughs> yeah, here you go. Take a look. <laughs> so speaking of taking a look, actually, I'm taking a look at this fucking picture of the accident in your foot. I actually didn't, when we started the interview, I hadn't seen the picture of the foot. I just found it while we were talking. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. This thing got chewed up. So, it looks like you were at the Clam Jam? Yeah, the Boogie Farm Clam Jam down in uh, 
It was Indiana, somewhere in Indiana. It's a dope picture of you rounding this corner, just getting it. Yeah. But uh, then there's some terrifying pictures after that. Uh, take us through what what happened. Uh, so like I got back from my Florida trip that year. It was a couple months later. Like I was fiending for the road. I hated my life that I was back home. I won't even lie. Like that was my first. Uh, uh, traveling experience as an adult and I, I turned 30 on the road of that trip so my buddy's like oh there's this party going on down here just south of Indianapolis let's ride down there I'm like fuck yeah let's go and uh, we had a joke going on that we were gonna flat track race because they had cut this up dirt track <laughs> he wouldn't race Murphy so uh, I was like whatever dude I went out there and I'm an adrenaline junkie I got a racing background with uh, quads I raced cross country, so I was like getting it, getting comfortable, feeling it. The dirt tires were a, a great help, and uh, I figured out going in the corner. At first, I was going in the corner, slamming it in the first gear, like pussy farting around the corner. Mm-hmm. And once I leaned the bike over, like the frame rails, that like nose cone I built that it sits on the ground, was like cutting the ground. It was like a fucking railroad track. <laughs> so I would like hook these corners in second gear then. So I'm flying down the straight stretch in third gear, just crack, slamming it in second and throwing the frame in the ground. Well, I threw it too hard and it lifted the rear wheel off and threw me to the ground. And that alternator has an external cooling fan. And that is what cut my foot straight to the bone. Like I didn't know it cut me. I got up, I picked my bike up. And, like, my foot felt warm. I looked down. I was like, oh, fuck. And uh, I don't feel a whole lot of uh, physical pain. So, like, I was like, hey, somebody take my bike. And I ended up walking over to a chair, pulled my shoe off, pulled my sock off. And you could literally lay a finger in between the meat and touch a bone. Like, it was fucking gnarly. Through the shoe, right? Your shoe didn't come off. You just shoot right through the shoe. Yes, through the shoe. And I had boots with me, and we went to a swimming hole right before that, and I took my fucking boots off and never put them back on. Oh, my God. Jesus. Never again. Never so, again. So before right now, I never seen, like, the open wound. I just seen it, like, the picture that you have where you wrote nom 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 on there. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I just seen, like, the scar pictures. And Grease just showed me the open wound, and that is no fucking joke. I can't be yeah. looking at this by myself. I need somebody else to look at this with me. If you, if you, I don't know how to word it. Like, if you could take a one-inch saw blade and cut hamburger in a tube and watch the hamburger fall back into your saw blade groove, that is what my foot did. Like, my foot muscles fell back into that groove. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right, right. Like, it separated them, and then they just, like, shifted back in there. Yeah. It was... It was wild. So, now what? Because you're on the road, right? Say that again? Like, you were in Indiana, so you're obviously not home. <laughs> right. So, like, what do you do at this point? Like, I see that dude dumping, like, liquid Band-Aid on there. Like, I don't think that helped at all, but... Oh, uh, that got it cleaned, and uh, one of my buddies out of Rockford, who I ended up meeting that day, he had some military quick clot, and I was like... Dude, thank God everybody's flipping out and I'm just sitting here calm like I'm very calm with these incidents and I've been hurt a lot 
<laughs> he's like, I got some military quick clot. We had to tie it off my bandana and somebody else's. Like, I'm about to ask if that was a tourniquet right there, just a tied on <laughs> bandana. <laughs> so dude dumps that shit on there and it actually got it to stop bleeding. Like, I don't know if I would have bled out or not. I don't want to think about it. Was it the powder quick clot? It was, I don't know. It looked like sawdust. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah they make it a powder in, in a gauze one, a gauze one and a powder one, but that shit yeah, is no joke. Dusty. Yeah. So what did you, obviously went to the hospital. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the best part. So we called the ambulance, so somebody had. And they get out there, and they got the state troopers are pulling up, fire department's pulling up, we're on a private property, everybody's partying, you know. Partying, chopper party. Right. <laughs> the cop's trying to, he wants the VIN number off my motorcycle and all this shit. And he's like, dude, it was on private property. He was the only person being a fucking asshole. Some young state trooper, and uh, he's basically trying to get on the property. I feel like to look around. Right. But somebody had. I told somebody how to power up my bike and air it up and get it back off the ground to bring it to the gate. And yeah, they ambulanced me to Indianapolis, which is like a forty-five minute ride. Holy and, uh, fuck! Yeah, they were gonna do surgery in the morning. They told me they were gonna scrape it clean. I was like, "The fuck you are." Me on morphine, I'm angry. <laughs> I was like, ain't scraping shit. So they got another anesthesiologist. And uh, the problem was I cut one of my tendons that hold my big toe up. So they yeah. had to get that reconnected. And they did. did. that night. Yeah. Did it that night. And I was out of the hospital by noon the next day. So did you have to ride home? Or did like somebody come pick you up? I called my mom and uh, the girlfriend be a daughter's mother she drove all the way down it was a five and a half hour ride and the dude i was with murphy he was on his uh xs 650 he took their car all the way back to town got his truck and drove all the way back so he drove like 11 hours basically while I was having surgery and recovering so he loaded the bikes up in his truck like dude was a trooper wow God damn. Fucking trooper. Yeah, and this is all on no sleep. <laughs> right? So are you, I'm assuming you weren't walking on this thing, right? The next day. Oh, uh, they told me not to. I did. I was trying to ride my bike to the trailer. Well, his truck. So you were able to put weight on this shit? This is, seems uh, like a, a deep, not- <laughs> deep <laughs> cut. Like I said, they said not to, but... Yeah, I don't feel pain. I really don't. I don't it's, it's not a thing for me, I suppose. Got out a second bandana, tied that shit on, and I was like, <laughs> all right, let's roll. <laughs> that is No, I didn't end up riding this. Some other dude come about and was able to basically push my bike over. So even after this happens, you didn't decide, like, maybe I should put, like, a cover over this fan. Hell no. Hell no. No, that's not me. (laughs) That's not my style. Oh, man. The action that needed to be taken after the fact, well, the reaction of the situation, I should say, was never fucking wear shoes on a bike again. Yeah, Yeah, fair enough. So did did you have to replace the alternate? Like, did it fuck up the cooling fan? No, but there was chunks of my skin stuck on the fan. Like, that was pretty gnarly. Fuck. So, like, that's where the whole nom nom came about. I wrote that on the alternator, and then I ended up tattooing it on my foot here a couple weeks ago. <laughs> that's crazy. That must have been the weirdest feeling ever. Oh, it was. 
it's gotta be weird enough just the regular feeling of getting a tattoo when your skin has uh, feeling feeler yeah. cells in it you know but then without it I don't even know tattoo straight on pure nerve damage like this accident was two summers ago and I still feel it it's a real deal Fuck. it's like just an awkward feeling it doesn't hurt it's just awkward yeah no, I believe it holy cow yeah so that was a like hell of a trip. Like toes are curled, but they're really not. <laughs> so you you have full mo- you can move your foot, everything like nothing yeah. that uh, nothing permanent from it, other than the scars and a new tattoo. Yeah, the scars and a little nerve damage will probably take another. I'm assuming five years. That's what my other foot went through. So it's just nerve damage right now. I got full movement out of it. My toes kind of weird, like since they tied that uh, tendon back together, but it don't bother me at all. It's not stopping me from doing what I want to do. Right, yeah, that's the big thing, right? That's fucking crazy, man. So that was... When, is that, that wasn't the Florida trip, was it? This is... That was right after the Florida trip, like just a couple months afterwards. Gotcha. And that was two, so that was two summers ago. So you have yep. another trip coming up, too. Oh, we didn't even talk All about right. the Florida trip yet. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> Let's get into that Florida trip a little bit here, too. So, like, the whole Florida trip, uh, that really stemmed from one night out at the bar. In Davenport, Iowa, there is a lot of individuals that ride baggers. And no offense to baggers, I could give two shits less what anybody rides as long as you don't talk shit about mine like I built my shit I take pride in what I do just yeah well anyways this one dude said I would never be able to ride that long distance I'm like man I have so much faith in this thing like it has never let me down it has gotten other people going when they couldn't go so that stemmed a whole trip, and my brother was in Valdosta, Georgia, stationed down there, and he was to leave for Guam within a couple months after my trip for four years, and so I went down basically to see him and to prove my bike could make it long distance. And yes, it did. It was uh, 3,460 miles total by the time I got home. I went all the way up the coast, went to Myrtle Beach for bike week. Damn, that is unbelievable. On a fucking XS650 brake rotor seat. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's... Fuck. Yeah. Well, you definitely was, uh, proved to anybody who's asking that that bike will go where it right. needs to go. That yeah, is a, that, that was an experience like... if one has never taken the trip especially solo like I love riding with people but there's something about being by yourself like it's completely up to you and the road provides like it truly provides people are so worried about breaking down running out of gas and it's just there are people out there like faith in humanity still like amazing encounters I've been through I think the world needs more of that people with yes. faith in humanity well that's that's the whole thing like where I work like 
everybody has what you call, uh, I call it social anxiety. Like people are putting their faces down and walking through this tunnel, like leaving and entering work. Like people don't react. Like, I don't know. There's so much of that. And that trip like broke me from that garbage. Like meeting new people, being forced to talk to people because you're by yourself. Like, I don't know. It changed my life. It truly did. It changed my life. How long were you out total? Uh, that trip, I think I had, it was a total of 17 days, but I spent, uh, I think it was six days with my brother. We went out in the swamps and stuff, was looking for gators and shit. It was wild. Yeah, I see you got this picture of you with some, with the rifle over here, too. You guys do, uh, you guys hunt down there? Uh, he had a property he leased while he was down there, him and one of his, uh, other military buddies. And I don't... Not that trip, we didn't actually go hunting. But we were out in his uh, boat trying to catch a gator in this one swamp. <laughs> Jesus. Like, well, I've never done that. Trying to lose <laughs> that other foot, bud? <laughs> <laughs> that is a... Ooh, I don't know. I think that would fucking freak me out. Yeah, let's just say I was not reaching in the water. <laughs> <laughs> he was, though. <laughs> There was a small gator he was trying to catch, and that little shit was fast. Oh, Jesus. Locked up. You got a boat coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got to do some gator hunting, bud. <laughs> I need a new seat. <laughs> oh, man. That's fucking crazy, though. And you're, So you've got another trip planned, too. you got a Cali trip planned. Yeah, the Cali, like, just uh, after riding to Florida and those experiences, like, I don't know, it was just, I don't know, it changed my life, like I said, it's undescribable, really, like, there's so many little stories I could tell about that trip, and I don't know, I want that again, and I want to hit the California side, because I've never been over there. I That's kind of, you live in, like, the, the perfect spot, you're, like, the middle of the country, so it's, like, you're yeah. halfway to, like, both coasts, which is fucking dope. <laughs> you know? Like, if I want to go to California, like... That's cool. <laughs> Fucking thousands of miles. Right. Well, that's my cousin. He's in the, uh, Salem, Oregon. And just to Salem, it's 2,000 miles, and that's on the highway. Like, direct route, which I don't run a lot of highway. Or interstate, I should say. Right. That thing from, what is it from here? 3,000 miles? Yeah, about 3,000. Yeah, like 3,000 miles from here to California. Yeah, that would be wild. We actually have... Two, right? No, three local homies that have gone from here to California on bikes. Exactly. See, that'd be fun. That would be fun riding coast to coast, like in one trip. That'd be badass. I don't know if I could do it. I build pretty shitty bikes. Yeah, I'd be sorry. <laughs> I'd probably make it to Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm going through this entire motorcycle. <laughs> Preventable right. maintenance. Yeah, that, that's got to be a big part of it. You, so yes, you, do you spend a lot of time shaking these things down before you take them out? Yeah. Well, honestly, when, when I went to uh, Florida, I actually changed a little bit of my front end because I was bending this one tube that the airbag mounts to. So, like, I redid that the night before I left. I think I went to sleep by, like, 2 in the morning that night just making sure everything was going to be good. Paranoid, never doing a long trip like that. Yeah, absolutely. Like now, if that was 17 days, I'm pretty sure 17 days I'd off, and I have 30 straight days off to hit California anywhere that way. 
just gonna roam. Dude, that is such a. It's just such a great plan to end it. The, the fact that you've done it a few times and it's worked out, and you actually ended up feeling better about the world having gone yes. at it that way. I feel yes. like that's what this is all about. For sure. Like I said, the road provides. Like, I, there's so many times I could use for examples. I got a good one for example. We talked a little bit off air about something that went down in a VFW. Yes. Let's talk about that one. So my buddy's out in Rockford, the Tramps. Uh, it would have been last summer. I rode with them around Lake Michigan. Went out to Rockford, met up with them, and then we went around uh, Lake Michigan and we took the USS Badger, which is a big ferry across the lake. We didn't actually go all the way around. And that was in Ludington, Michigan. But anyways, after the UP, we came over the the huge bridge up there, Mackinac Bridge, mm-hmm. which is something to experience within itself if you've never been over that bridge. And uh, there's a road called the Tunnel of the Trees. I think it's US 117 or 119. But like that was Memorial Day weekend. We just got finished doing that and... Uh, we're like, we need to find a place to stay because we didn't have all of the places mapped out. We're just throwing in ditches and stuff, which was pretty cool. That's how I like to roll. And we called up to a couple campgrounds, and nobody would take us. One, for example, they had, let's say it was uh, three spots or something like that, three tent spots. But there was 11 of us total. They wouldn't even let us pay for 11 people to use the three spots. Like, they did not want us. We're like, what the fuck are we going to do? And I uh, went into the gas station, bought some beer, and we're drinking beer in the parking lot of this gas station. And I finished mine. I'm like, I'll be back. I'm going to do what I do on the road by myself. And here I go down the road, not even an eighth of a mile. There's a VFW on the left. And with my brother staying with him, like, respecting the military family, like, the respect they have within themselves, like, I knew they wouldn't have an issue with us staying there. Right. As long as we were respectful to them, you know, like we're just throwing up some tents. We're not going to damage nothing. There was a dumpster there. We could throw any trash in. Just basically pick up after yourself, you know? Right. So I went back and I told those guys, and they're like, okay, like, not about it. So I went back by myself and sitting there, sitting there, and it was like 30 minutes later. It felt like here they come back and they're like, well, we're worried about getting kicked out at midnight or so. I'm like, guys, they just will be respectful and they won't care, you know, like, just pick up after ourselves. And uh, I ended up walking up to the door of the VFW and there were some phone numbers on there and I called the top number for Roger Mays was his name. He was a state commander of Michigan, like the whole VFW, the entire state. No oh, shit. It was, yeah, 2005, 2006 or 2004, 2005. It was for a full year. I called there, and uh, his wife answers the phone. You know, you're talking to an elderly lady. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, is Roger there? And she's like, one second. And you can hear her yell, Roger! <laughs> 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 he comes in, the, comes in the house and gets on the phone, and I explained who I was and the situation and nowhere to stay. And he goes, I'd be honored to have you stay. We just mowed the grass for you. Like, his wording was like he was anticipating us to come and call him. <laughs> it was so awesome. It was 
it was an experience you had to experience. So we're like, awesome, Roger. I was like, we'll pick up and uh, we'll keep it quiet. He goes, you guys have as much fun as you want. And if anybody stops in, have them call me. I'm like, damn, Roger. Damn. (laughs) Instant homies. (laughs) We're going back to the gas station. They got a liquor store and we're buying beer and all this stuff. And uh, all of a sudden, this red pickup pulls in and it had a U.S. Army license plate on it. I'm like, oh, that's got to be the dude. (laughs) He gets out of the truck and he's talking with us for, I don't even know, two hours probably. Talking about his uh, service in the Vietnam his uh, two tours that he did, which is super freaking awesome, telling us about his, uh, basically his whole life, how he was state commander, started his own uh, shop and everything, and he's very intrigued by this motorcycle of mine because of his mechanical background himself, and when he got done talking, he goes, so who's in charge here? And everybody's like, well, nobody, really, we're just roaming, you know? He goes, well, who called me? I'm like, uh, me? (laughs) He goes, well, come with me. And he takes me over to the VFW, unlocks the door, he comes in here, and he shut the female's door, like, making it clear, don't be in here. Yep. Showed me where the showers were. Keep in mind, at that time, I was at the day five of no shower. So I fucking reeked. Oh, damn, yeah. <laughs> All said and done, he gets me to the door, and he goes, this key's for you. You are in charge. Make sure you, you know, just pick up everything. I was like, it'll happen. Like, you don't have to worry about nothing. So dude gave us the keys to the house of the VFW and let everybody shower in there. Hot water showers, that many days without one, like, that is something within itself. That had to be the most amazing day. <laughs> oh, it, it gets better. So it was actually right before he handed me the key, there was this huge military shell sitting in the corner right by the door, and I was like, Roger, what is that from? I had personally never seen one so large. And he's like, I'm glad you asked. So he told me about the whole history of that bullet. Like, it was used in Vietnam, the different loads that they used within that bullet. And he goes, I want you to have this on one condition. And I was like, what's that? He goes, put that on that motorcycle of yours. And I was like, no way. He's like, yes. So a dude gave me this huge artillery shell. And it's going to be my auxiliary gas tank. Instead of using that red can. Dude, that is so fucking cool. Yeah, like, what a memorable piece from such a freaking crazy, wild experience. Like, unforgettable. Right? And so, in, in the connection that you had with that guy, every time you... Exactly. When you look at the piece, you'll remember that night where you guys had the highlight of the trip there, getting to shower and somebody just literally giving you the keys to the castle. Right. Like... Who does that? That's what I mean. Like, their road provides. Like, there's there are good people out there. It's awesome. That is so cool, man. I love well. it. So I yeah, that, that's probably, like, one of the most memorable times on the road. So hopefully the Cali trip is going to be just like that. I have no doubt in it, honestly. Are you going with a bunch of different people? Say that again? How many people are you traveling with for that one? That's just me again. Just a solo one? Yes, 30 days solo. Is it hard to get the time off? 
Oh, see, like where I work, I'm on a 12-hour shift. So I work two days, and then I have two days off. And I've been there for quite some time, basically 11 years now. And I got three weeks of vacation. So my three weeks, well, one week equals four days. Well, that's how I get all the time off. Oh, I see. And then also we can do what you call a shift swap. So at the beginning of my trip and the very end, I'm swapping shifts with somebody else on the other day shift. So that gives me two at the beginning and then two more days off at the end. Right, right. And then you be okay. You pick up somebody else's. So like this year fell in perfect. I was actually supposed to do the trip this year, but I broke my leg back in the, well, last year, I should say. It's 2020 now. Yeah. (laughs) Here we go. So it got postponed until this year now, which actually worked better, like, the days I was able to get. That's perfect, man. Well, what a great what a great setup to be able to take that kind of time and then and still have a job when you come back. You know, you don't have to live right. a full-on drifter life in order to go make all these memories. Right. Like, I'm really grateful because of that, like, my schedule. And are you taking uh, this bike we've been talking about or the shovel? I'm taking the rat bike again. Nice. Does the no, shovel go on any of these, uh, these long trips? Say that again? Sorry. Does the shovel go on any of these longer trips or is that more of an around town? Well, see, the shovel head is like a, I call it the bastard child. It is my bastard child. It's been a roller coaster since I've owned it. And uh, it has not made a long trip, but... It will. Its day is coming. It'll be basically after California with this bike. It's not gonna do any more long trips. I might do Alaska with it, but that's gonna be down the road because I do want to get back to the shovelhead. Like I want to be able to put some miles on that thing. And that thing seems like a great platform to put some miles on with the bigger displacement motor and everything. We didn't mention this to the listeners. Actually, I don't think this is a nineteen eighty shovelhead wide glide we're talking about. And uh, yeah. still got the swing arm, right? Yep, still a swing arm. Swing arm with a raked out. Is the I, I've been looking through a bunch of pictures, and I can't tell if it, if it's still currently in the the looks the way that I saw it in the pictures. Is the front end still raked out? Yeah, the the neck is raked, and then the uh, clamps are raked as well. It's got raked clamps. It's a lot of rake. Yeah, it's yes, <laughs> it's it out there. It's like forty five degrees at least. Yeah, it's a lot of rake for the bike. It sets the bike very low. And that's what that the front end really does not function much at all, to be honest with you. <laughs> but that is like, how I bought the bike. I didn't do anything with the suspension wise with that bike. Gotcha. You so, gotta wait for another camper to to roll over and get some uh, airbags. You're <laughs> 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 waiting on that next wreck. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one's not getting bagged. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it, it looks super clean though. It really does. Uh, the lines are, are really nice, and it's really stripped down. I do like the way that it came out. Thanks. Yeah, I reworked that whole bike. Well, that's like the bike that got me into the whole motorcycle scene. Uh, my two buddies at work, they had to do their bikes and stuff and everything, and they're like, "Oh, I should get a bike." And I have always held off on motorcycles because I'm an adrenaline junkie. That's adrenaline is my drug. 
It's weird that you're an adrenaline junkie, and the bike that you take cross country is a 360. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, what's the top speed on that thing? 89 is the highest I have known to do. Wow. But any crosswind, any headwind, I'm shifting back down to like third gear. That's a six speed. Oh, it's a six speed? Yeah, it's a six speed. That must help a little bit, but it's still... I can't believe they make a six-speed 360. <laughs> yeah. Especially in 77. Right? Right. People are really needing those gears. It's like a... It would be like seeing a six-speed Honda Rebel. So... <laughs> like, it's is, just why. <laughs> is this rat bike the only rat bike you'll build like this, or is, like, the rat bike thing kind of your thing? No, I don't know. I... I have other ideas I'd like to do, but I want to keep moving forward. Like, the rat bike, I'm a perfectionist, and this whole bike got me, like, to back down off of that a little bit. Like, not to perfect every little detail. Like, there's right. a lot of detail, but not everything is perfect. Like, right. your welds and stuff. You know, everybody's all, better not post that. Somebody's going to make fun of your welds. Who gives a shit? This shit holds. It's the way I see it, but I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever do another rat bike. Rat trike is a different story. Kind of threw it in the head with a, a trike rat bike, but I don't know. So what do you think on, like, the next books? I know you got, like, four or five bikes. Did you have, like, a style, or you just, like, straight up just like building shit? I just love building shit. Style, I love choppers. Don't get me wrong, like, Choppers are my favorite. I am the most comfortable on a chopper. I'm six foot one, and I just I feel like I can stretch out. Choppers are a great personal expression, as I see it. Your bike is who you are. But really, it doesn't bother me. I, I like a lot of different styles, whether it's Harley or not. Right. I just I love to build things. And you've got some really cool fucking ideas that you bring to these builds that are not common, which is nice to see. Yes, that's that's one of my biggest things is originality. I had somebody try and copy my front end, and they were itching for details, specific details, and it's just like, man, I put a lot of time in that, a lot of research trial and error, you know? Like, I, I love to be different. Right. I want one-off. I don't want to have what somebody else has. Well, you just let us know if you want us to censor out the whole first 15 minutes of the show. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Because we talked all about the intricate details of this thing. I don't want to be putting your business out there to everybody. No. But no, that thing is know. just so cool that it's when when you look at it, you can't help but be like, how, how the fuck is this thing put together? Yeah. Well, so that's the thing. Like To run that on a motorcycle... I don't know, like I said, I love adrenaline, I don't fear too much, but I thought about how can you produce something like that, how could you market something like that, and if somebody has the balls to market something like that, like, props to them, because you cannot prevent a bank failure. Yeah, you would need some serious uh, liability insurance to be making some stuff like that. Off-road exactly. use only. <laughs> yeah, off-road use only. <laughs> yeah, exactly, like... To be able to market that, it, it's not doable in my eyes. 
Yeah, it really isn't. Because like you said, if the bag were to blow out, I suppose that's catastrophic right there. I think that's what makes it cool as fuck, though, is like, you can't not just go buy that. No, you can't. No. I really want to see, I don't know if this is like your style, like I know you said you don't have a style, but I would love to see that front end on like a skinny Frisco like show bike chopper. Like all chrome front end with that whole bag set up. I really yeah. want to see that. <laughs> Be patient. Be patient. <laughs> Do it on the shovel. Yeah, time to chop that shovel up. It's time, bud. <laughs> we'll get a chrome bag from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, man. Super cool stuff, though, man. Thank I can't, you. It really is. It's been awesome just picking your brain on all the all of the different things that went into that that bike we've had a lot of people on the show with some really interesting bikes but i don't think we've spent as much time as we did in this episode talking about one particular bike and that's a feather in your cap for the type of things that you did to it are just there there's so many conversation pieces on it that it takes like you said you can't stop for gas without wasting half your day right so really really cool stuff man and I'm, after you do this Cali trip, we're going to have to have you back on again to talk about uh, how that trip went. Because I feel like there's going to be even more road stories to, to, to let the people hear. Heck yeah, I'd be down for that. Awesome, man. Well, hey, we appreciate the shit out of you being willing to come on the show and, and share all this stuff with us and, and with the listeners, dude. So thank you so much for taking the time tonight. Hey, thanks for having me, you know. I'm just some ordinary guy. I'm sitting in my basement staring at a pile of scrap metal. Like, I don't know. I'm a nobody, and this is this is an experience. This is the way I see it. Like, thanks for this experience. Of course, man. We're happy to have you. And, uh, yeah, we will we'll be in touch throughout. But, again, be looking for us to reach back out and have you back on. Outstanding. Thank you. Awesome, man. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Yep, thank you. See ya. Bye-bye. All right, guys. So as we move to close this one out, we can't forget to say thank you to these end of show sponsors. First up, we got Lowbrow Customs. <clears throat> Everything you need for the road ahead since 2000, motherfucking four. You know them. You've been to lowbrowcustoms.com. You've seen Lowbrow Customs on Instagram. You know they've got all the fucking shit you need for your bike and a little bit more. Head on over to Lowbrow Customs. Scoop up those fab parts. Scoop up those exhausts, hardtail kits, tanks. all the goodies. Tanks. Got everything. Head on over there. Support them. They support pretty much every single event going on in our community. Check out the YouTube channel. Lowbrow on YouTube. Love it. Next up, we got Hypnic Jerk Customs making some of the dopest stainless steel taillights out of Queensland, Australia. Oh, shit. Some of the best, most interesting, unique handmade taillights I've ever seen out there. Love that he's doing this stuff. One man shop and the fact that he's got such a market out here in the States. People literally shipping these things from a world away because he's the only guy making them. So head on over to hypnicjerkcustoms.com and you can check out his taillights, points covers, and a couple other goodies he's got over there. Yep. Next up, we got B3 a.k.a. Babes, Bikes, and Beards. Amy and Chris been holding it down in the Chelsea, Massachusetts area. 
crushing it with bike nights all summer, all spring. Head on over to at Babes Bikes Beards on Instagram. Get connected with these girls. They know everybody in the community, and they put on some of the best events in the city. Fact. Next, we got fucking Deadbeat Customs coming out of fucking Tewksbury, Massachusetts. I don't know why I just want to say Bill Ricca. Tewksbury, Mass. They're close. Um, Steve is the fucking homie. Puts on one of the dopest shows in the East Coast. The motherfucking Deadbeat Retreat. Yeah, buddy. He's got the brick and mortar spot where you can go there, fucking put a helmet on your fat head, make sure it fits. Check out all the fucking <laughs> gear that he's got there. He's got the website, uh, website deadbeatcustoms.com. Follow him on Instagram, Debbie Customs, and check out the motherfucking YouTube channel. Love it. Next up, we got Ferro Fabrication. All your fucking welding needs located right here in Londonderry, New Hampshire. Gas tanks, frames, handlebars, general repairs, furniture, and more. You can dream it. We can build it. Anything fucking fabrication related. Literally anything. The support. And. Last but not least. A cosign that shit. I seen you fill a huge motherfucking gap. Oof. Yeah, that was. That shit was skill. (laughs) 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 Dude, that thing came out looking fucking dope. A little bit of weaving. You're hearing it here first. Loctite. Cosigning that shit. Fuck (laughs) yeah. Speaking of which, we got Loctite's Chop Shop. Center of the universe, motherfucking Epping, New Hampshire. Unicorn Ranch. The fucking Unicorn Ranch. Um, we're doing a little bit of everything. A little bit of fab work, uh, maintenance, full builds, motor builds, fucking whatever. Send it over. If I can't do it, I know somebody that can. This is true. It's a fucking one-stop shop. So get over there, check it out, and do me a favor. Go like my personal page, Loctite Shop Shop, on Instagram. And go give me a fucking subscribe on YouTube. Love it. Appreciate it. All right. I think we're in a good spot to start closing this one out then. So, in summary, after this conversation with Andrew tonight, choppers are light, but power is heavy. So steal all of your parts from a big block shed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like it. (laughs) Let's see if I can get this one out. It's Friday, motherfuckers. If you're going to run an open belt motherfucking alternator on your bike, make sure you're okay with it taking a bite of some motherfucking flesh.